And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, hello to everyone and a very happy Father's Day to all the guys out there that have sons and daughters and what maybe even dogs i don't know but god damn it it's father's day and it's very important for me to say thank you for being a good father if you are one if you're not go kill yourself honestly there's a responsibility oh, there man that man. is a big responsibility you have a huge sure effect is. on a human being's life and you know come on josh think about this okay now you've got young kids hmm. See, and this is what people need to understand. You'll you figure this out later because sometimes you're so busy, you know, earning earning a living and creating a life that you let things go by and you don't you're not there for things and stuff. Man, when your kids are like from you know from zero to ten, mm-hmm. you're their best friend. You're a rock star. You walk in the door from work, man. Your kids are running to you. You're a goddamn rock star. There's nothing better in this world. It's the mm-hmm. fucking best. And it will go away. Yeah. <laughs> it will because then yeah. they're going to become, you know, teenagers and you're not so cool anymore and their friends know more than you. And eventually they come back around, but by then they're adults. <laughs> so, you know, it, sister. I find myself, my, my mom's the youngest of 13, just on her side, you know? Wow. And, 13. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's, probably i close to say 50 something cousins you know um yeah that we that we can keep track of now because now everyone's kind of spread out everywhere and second cousins are being born even thirds so there's probably about i don't know 90 people you know 90 cousins that are all come from that one woman and when you see her like that's that's a legacy there that's something when you when i see her i I recall back watching her and like at christmases after my grandfather had passed and um and just watching her sit back, like in her chair off to the side, and just watching all the kids run around. And her, every once in a while you'd check over on her, and she'd have a smile or like a smirk or a little laugh would come out. And then she'd just go back to just doing what she was doing. People would chat with her and then walk away, chat with her and walk away, you know? Um, it's that feeling that I catch myself doing now with the kids. I sit back and just watch them play. You know what I mean? Like there's so much gratification in that. Uh, whether they're mine or whether they're my brothers or my, you know, my sister's kids, whatever, my, you know, <clears throat> whatever it is, my little nieces and nephews, you get a lot of pleasure out of watching, you know, the youth um, develop new skills, whatever it is, you know, have fun, play with each other, interact with each other. And it's just something about it. And being a father is, uh, it's, um, it, it's amazing. And John, you know, it is and Dave, Dave knows also, it's just, you didn't realize, I don't think before we had kids, we didn't realize how gratifying it would be. And it's, 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 it's so, true. so much fun, man. So much fun. Yeah. It's amazing how your perception on the world changes and how what's important completely mm-hmm. does a 180. When all of a sudden mm-hmm. you have people that you're responsible for, all those things. And so that's why I said all the dads out there that are doing it right, man. Thank you so much. Happy Father's Day. I hope you have a great day. Yeah, Dave. Let's let's hear about you, man. Like, how's how's your day? Come on, so Dave. Far? How was your day? Oh, <laughs> uh, good, man. <clears throat> I saw man, you wore your John... kid out there. Oh yeah. <laughs> what John was saying about it, when you come home 
uh, coming home, man, just there's nothing, nothing more amazing about being a dad, the growing up that it does for you as an individual as well, um, coming home, seeing the smile on your kids' faces, um, it, today was good, man, we just, we, we went to a brewery, um, we, we hung out, the kids played in the park there, and then, uh, we took them to the pool, and then, uh, oh, you took your kids out. to a brewery? Yes. You are like from a, Scotland. Like a... You're a, you, dude. You're a dog. Way to go, David. Uh, you're starting man. them off early. Yeah. Well, it's like a, it's a really nice brewery in Austin. Um, it's called Meanwhile Brewing, and it's a, they they have like a park and they have a coffee bar. They have food trucks. It's really nice. cool. It's, oh, it's oh, super that's awesome. awesome. Um, cool. So we did that, and then uh, yeah, and then Benji just fell asleep about twenty that's minutes just, ago. In his, he in just showed me a chair. picture, of Benji. He's <laughs> yeah. he's sitting there racked out. And I go, yep. That's it was like John. It was like John when we oh, got on dude. the podcast. Uh, yeah. I posted it on my Instagram. So you, can see it. you posted it? Could, yeah, it's on my Instagram story. You can check it out. It's pretty funny. It's just like conked over in his chair. That's hilarious. Oh, it's amazing, man. Um, <clears throat> what did you do this morning there, John? Ah, you know what? Today is the day. I had I had things just to do and stuff, so I took care of you know business. I had to fix my father-in-law who lives on the farm with me here. You know, he has a golf cart, and his golf cart was going, uh, as I would say, tits up. The batteries were bad, so I went and, while I was in Chicago, ordered new batteries, got the batteries here, had to do a whole different change around because I went from the lead-acid ones to lithium-ion, so it took me a while to figure out what the hell I was doing, but I, I worked on his stuff, and that was my Father's Day present to him to get his stuff all done. So now he's tooling around the farm in his golf cart again. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I've just looked at the. I looked at your story, Dave. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, right? Uh, man, you just knocked over. It's so crazy. Oh, dude, that's a good. That's a good pick. <laughs> oh um, man, you know what's? Uh, let me see ow! if I can do this one here for you, John. <laughs> that's. Uh, I'm gonna make oh, a T-shirt of that. Go. I'm gonna make a go, T-shirt man. of ow. that. <laughs> Exactly. That's out. Oh no. no. I was waiting. Yeah, I was waiting you on got you. Him. Guys. You got him. You got him. I got you. I, I got care. you. I had to get you. I don't care. I got a t it's I got simple. a t shirt coming. We're gonna put that up on our on our wait in merch. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, no oh man. Buy that one. I uh that's a whole lot of ugly. John, there's a lot of fights to talk about, but uh before we get started, guys, I wanna let you guys know I'm a little under the weather. And uh, I'm going to probably let John do a lot more of the talking, which I'm sure... Buttercup is not feeling his <clears throat> oats today. A lot, I'm sure a lot of the people that watch our show will be like, thank God, John's, John's going to do most of the talking. <laughs> yeah, I got the aches and the pains and stuff. I don't know. I got home from Chicago yesterday and just wasn't feeling it. And This morning was a rough one, man. So sweats See, and I, sweats I, I and told you, take and... it easy, man. <clears throat> Snickers. Snickers got you. Yeah, <laughs> we did the old style Chicago beer. I guess it's from like Chicago. Oh, it's called Old Style. And then oh, with that, horrible. what was the what was the name of the shot that we did? That I did Malta. Like a Malta. It's called Malta. Anyways, it was disgusting. <laughs> but somebody at the Snickers bar there in Chicago said because the Snickers was a hole in the wall, hole in the wall bar, and they said, "Yeah, you got to have one of these." And we this went from a, high end, <clears throat> yes, down just a couple of steps. to the dive bar. <laughs> We went from high end old fashions to a dive bar. Um, all right, well, hey, let's uh, let's go ahead and get started. What do you want to start with, there, Dave? You want to start with the UFC, or do you want to start with Bellator because oh, it was on Friday? Start with the UFC because okay. UFC was, you know, the the most recent. We got to go with it. So let's just okay. do that, man. 
All right, let's Get do this it. the hell out of the way. No, I thought, I'd tell you what, Jared Cannonier and, and Marvin Vittori went out and they put on the damn show, man. They, they went after each other. Marvin Vittori showed, yeah, I'll tell you what, I don't know how you can be a fight fan and not like the guy because he just brings it. He is tough as hell. You know, look, he, he is, there's those days, and you know, Yoel Romero had that day against Nemkov the day before when, you know, just. You have you might have one moment, but everything else goes in the other direction, and you are taking big shots. Marvin Vittori took some just nasty right hands. He just got hit over and over, and he kept coming back, and he kept coming back. And Josh, how do you not respect that dude? How do you not say, "God damn it, dude"? Yeah, I'll watch you anytime because you have got not only heart, you got big balls too. Yeah, I mean, he's got it on the feet. I mean, he had his moments in that first round. I mean, he had Cannonier hurt. You know, he had rocked yeah, he him did. twice, hit him twice. two big shots. Twice. You know, he had him rock. So <clears throat> it was a, there was moments where he could have snatched that fight away. Um, even later on in the fight, he had landed some big hard shots, and you could see that Cannonier had to take a couple steps back. But um, <clears throat> but Marvin Vittori is like you said, John. It's high. How can you not like him? How can you not like the way that he fights? You know, maybe you don't like his personality. That's fine. But you can't take anything away from his fighting. I mean, he is fantastic. I was trying to figure out what the heck Cannonier was doing. Kept switching stances. And, and and I don't normally listen to the commentary. But when I do, I kind of want to get why he kept switching. I was wondering if it was something new. <clears throat> I thought and he then, was switching to try to. I thought he was switching to sense. Vittori is a left-hander, mm -hmm. southpaw stance. I thought he was trying to utilize the southpaw so he could attack the lead leg. And yeah. hit that calf kick because he was going after the calf kick, but he, that's how he got hit multiple times. That straight left hand just blasted him. Yeah. I've tried to explain to people when <clears throat> in some of my fights, I would switch stances. But when you switch, <clears throat> as soon as you switch, the best time to get off is right at that moment because their, their brain hasn't, your opponent's brain hasn't processed yet. Um, what you've done. <clears throat> and if they do, they're trying to remember, okay, which way do I defensively block this and this? So as soon as you switch, you've got to go right away. You've got to release a, a leg kick, a, a punch to the body, whatever it is. You've got to release your combination as fast as possible and then go back to your normal stance because defensively you're not the same. And that's kind of what I saw was that defensively he wasn't the same when he switched. Exactly right. And so it was, it was having a negative effect on him. Like normally, cause when you're in your traditional stance, you'll dip to one side cause the jab normally comes that way and it becomes a bad habit. You've got to try to break yourself of those habits. But when you actually switch to the other way, you still dip that way, which is usually into the other person's power shot. So you got to be very cautious and careful when you switch, not to hang out there too long. Um, you know, one of the first times I started doing that was against Gil in the third fight. Um, because I'd hurt my knee. And so I was like, okay, I wanted to switch stance more because I noticed that he, I, I figured he was going to come out kicking because it had got released earlier. Um, like a week or two before that I had hurt my knee. <clears throat> so I just started switching stances. So he didn't know which knee it was and was hoping for the best out of that. Um, you know, but you've got to, as soon as I would switch, you have to release and then go back to your normal stance. You can't just hang out yeah. there. It ends up working against you. And it was working against him. Then he finally, I think, caught on towards the fourth and fifth round. He'd stop switching as much. He would switch and then kick, and then he'd go back to his stance, which was better. Yeah. Instead of he hanging out. He went back to being that orthodox stance fighter for much of it. And that was a big part. He needed to do that because he was getting beat at times with heavier shots when he was in that southpaw stance. So, yeah. But, but Cannoneer, you got to really give it to him. He really adjusted from the first round 
to the second round, his ability to adjust the not only, you know, the switching of the stances, it was the distance control all of a sudden was on his side. All of a sudden, he was the guy initiating the attacks, and he was the one throwing it. When he started really initiating, God damn, Josh, he threw a ton of shots. And, I, you know, that was, it was the second round when, man, he, he had Vittorian trouble. Was that the third round? But I'll tell you what, he threw so many shots in that he could have, you know, punched himself into trouble and just kept going. And then yeah. you could tell what kind of shape he was in because, man, one minute break and he was back and he was good. He didn't slow down at all. Pull up uh, Jared Cannon here. What's his reach? <clears throat> his reach looks like it's about 70. Uh, it looks like he has like a, No, it doesn't show on there. I feel like he's got like a 72 inch reach or something. So, 77, 77 and a half. Sorry, not 72. I was thinking 82. Yeah. 77 and a half. <clears throat> That's a long reach, man. Um, yeah, it's good. But no, he just, well, I looked at him when he, every time he had, anytime he had Vittoria hurt, Vittoria would cover and then put his back to the fence. He's got to get away from doing that. But <clears throat> in the same breath, though, that made it easier for Cannoneer to kind of blow his wad. You know, or to kind of like exert all the energy trying to land the clean shots. And none of them, you know, one would slip through here and there, but they weren't clean. Yeah. You know, I mean, he had hit him with some big shots early. <clears throat> and then he would, Vittori would take his back to the fence. And then he'd take some more shots, you know, but then he'd cover up. He would block quite a few of them. <clears throat> and that's how you can end up, you know, <clears throat> burning your arms out. And you saw some of that. I think it was in the second round. You saw some of that. He had, he. He oh, he did. He, he had early. to slow down at a certain point, but still, you take a look. That's a 10-8 round. He beat the piss out of Marvin Vittori in that round. You know, take a look, and you know, I thought Vittori definitely won the first round, but you know, it was still a good round. He hurt Cannoneer. Cannoneer came back. He he popped him again, but Cannoneer had his moments in the round. Take a look at the second round comparatively. It wasn't even close. Yeah. You know, and so just a. And then that, that output just maintains what he set a record for middleweights as far as output for those five rounds, 249 mm-hmm. significant strikes landed, not thrown, landed. You know, Marvin Vittori is a tough dude. He ain't going to be looking too pretty today, though. <laughs> no, he's not. But hey, man, <clears throat> you guys, you can match those guys up again and I'd watch, you know, if you put, oh, that, yeah. if you put that fight on a pay-per-view, I'll buy it, you know, because it was a great fight. They, I thought they both brought it. They uh, both had their moments in the fight. <clears throat> and uh, what's not like to like? What's not? What's to not like about? What's not to like? Anyways, <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> what is to not like in what you saw? Yeah, to not like about these guys. These guys are great. So, um, you know, <clears throat> I guess I look at it though too. Can either one of them beat Robert Whitaker? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Right. We're gonna see yeah. I mean, they're right there. Cannoneer has a, a fight against Whitaker, right? Show me Cannoneer's record real did quick. He, did, he, he didn't, did he beat Whitaker? Show me. Show me. Boom. Yeah, I lost. He lost, to, lost to Robert Whitaker there. <clears throat> That's what I'm saying. Can either one of them and beat that was Whitaker? A decision. Yeah, you can beat him. I think so. He th- look, he has that kind of output against Whitaker? Yes. Mm. You know? That's... I guess when I look at both of these guys, though, what make what made their fight so good, though, is that they're both pretty hittable. 
Yes. <clears throat> and the guy, if you get hit by guys like Izzy or Whitaker, they, you know, you tend to get in a lot of trouble. Like, and they're finishers. You know, those guys are finishers. If they hit you and they clock you, then they follow, they'll follow up and finish you. <clears throat> both these guys are both extremely tough, both durable, <clears throat> but they are a lot. They are a lot more hittable than guys like Whitaker and Izzy. <clears throat> so but I guess fantastic <clears throat> fight. Thirty-nine years of age for Cannoneer, mm. only twenty-nine for Vittori. You know, you're going to see. Obviously, Vittori's going to be around longer, but Cannoneer. 39 years of age, he looked fantastic. Yeah. Phenomenal. <clears throat> Good job. Good on him. We'll see what happens next we week. Him. Armin Sarukian putting on a display against Joachim Silva. Man, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Sarukian is the real deal. There's no doubt about it. We've always said that. But boy, he came close in that fight to making the mistake. That could have been he, you know, for the most part, he was winning every part of that fight. You know, he had he had Silva guessing. Silva landed that clean shot, and he was hurt. You could see it in his eyes. He didn't know where he was, who he was, but he had the wherewithal to get that takedown, and that saved him in that fight. That was it was a hell of a performance when you're looking at it. this. The kid is good. He's fast. He's strong. He wrestles really well. You know, he's a uh, he's just. You know, I don't, I don't know how, you know, in a matchup, you know, he wants to fight, you know, Islam again. And I look at that and I go, yeah, yeah, you could definitely fight with him. But sometimes it's one of those ones where, you know, it's the, the guy in that position, the champ, be it Islam, he's a hard match for you because everything that you do well, he does well. Yeah. And so it kind of takes, you know, takes it away and stuff. But God, I'll tell you what, Armin Sarukian can definitely fight because that was, you know, Silva came in. You could tell he was in shape. He looked big, man. He looked yeah. huge for that weight class. He looked strong, man. And he was going. He was throwing. He was throwing heat when he was throwing, and that one landed. But overall, Sarukian dominated the fight. Other than that one shot, yeah, he landed that clean, hard shot that had him uh, had Sarukian rocked. <clears throat> but also, too, that the what led to the finishing sequence at the end was that slam. It's the way that he landed. Uh, he landed on top of Silva, and Silva hit his head. It was almost like the shoulder, and maybe even Sarukian's head hit his head as his head hit the ground. So, <clears throat> might have been a see, little bit of a part. No, of, no, see, that's part. That's part of fighting. No, I get it. And, and this, we'll we'll talk about that, and with the the fight that happened, or you know, earlier on, with the head clash and stuff that they ended up calling, and why they did it, I understand, but. Yeah, so we'll when I, but when I, um, when I saw the replay on that, it looked like the shoulder and the head clashed with him as he hit the ground, and then he pretty much, Sarukian was able just to to do the rest of the work after that. The damage was done. <clears throat> yeah, he mauled him because I mean, there was looked like he was dazed right after that slam. It was, and then yeah. he was able to ke he just kept hitting him with some clean shots from then on, and then he worked his way into that top position and finished the fight. But um, that's what you want to see from someone someone like Sarukian. Take a little bit of. I don't want to, you don't want to see them ever take damage, but to see how they deal with the adversity of taking yeah. damage and realizing that he belongs in that top five, six, four, whatever position that, you know, they're going to put him in. I think he's ranked number eight right now, right? <clears throat> Do we know what his yeah, ranking there. is? I think he was ranked number eight. Is it eight now? Should be going up. He's eight. Yeah, he was eight. 
you know, because he's got the loss to Gamera, and then Faz, you know, and uh, Fazeev is there, and then Chandler. <clears throat> I mean, I'd like to see him and uh, him and Chandler would be a good fight. I mean, we. I mean, be a we, great fight. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, so I, I look at that. I, we'll see. I, I don't. I don't. Uh, I think Chandler's gonna be looking for a fight here pretty soon. So <laughs> I don't think. I don't, uh, think, I don't yeah, think. I know Connor someone that said. Happening. I know. I know this. Someone that said that long ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we had Armin Petrosian against Christian Leroy Duncan, CLD. I really like Christian. I think he's a fun fighter to watch. Duncan is outstanding in his skill set, but you can only throw so many different types. He reminds me of watching kind of Ray Daniels. Mm. You know, he's got that kind of skill set and throwing all these different spitting attacks and all these things and burning a lot of energy doing it and then just getting countered touch here touch there and armin petrosian kind of showed that yeah you don't have to be fancy you just have to be effective mm -hmm. being effective wins fights yeah being fancy is cool and you look good and look at cld looks great he's, he's fun to watch but like every fighter that we've ever seen that's got a, a really you know great skill set if you're wasting energy, you can only do it for so long. And a guy that's just using basic stuff can beat you if he's the one touching. So, but man, he had some spinning attacks that were fast. Yeah, what you you notice from fighters like that is they spin, and um, if it lands, great, because that kind of leaves them in the position they want to be left in. But if they miss, which majority of the time they do miss, they do they leave themselves out of position, and that's when he was getting hit yep. with some shots. Um, right. You know, and that's that's what ultimately I think was <clears throat> those little movements or those big movements I say led to him taking bigger shots, which then ultimately gave the you know the decision to to <clears throat> Petrosian. He was also Petrosian was just tighter with everything. He let him yeah. do all the spinning around, he let him do all the flashy stuff, and he just stood his ground. You know, moved out of the way of the kicks who, and then countered. He did all the he did all the right things. Look um, at who his coach is. Yeah, who's his coach? Artem Artem Levim. Ah, and Artem is, you know, when you're looking at a guy as a kickboxer, wasn't flashy. God damn, he was good, though. Yeah. Mm -mm -mm. It's all said right there. Yeah, I, I was pretty impressed with uh, Petrosian, though, just because when you have someone like that, they in front of you, it's you're so afraid to get caught with something that you didn't see. He's going to come from an angle That's I didn't it. see, is it, you know, and um. Yep. But from Duncan's point, you have to remember that if you miss, you leave yourself out of position, you're able to get countered right away. And he left himself out of position one too many times and just was in it, kept getting caught, kept getting caught. Was able to survive, but kept getting caught. So next fight. Yeah. Pat Sabatini coming off of a, a, a crushing loss, going up against a guy in Lucas Almeida that we knew. Look, he's got great submissions, but most of them from the top position. But the guy is dangerous as hell, but Pat Sabatini was just all over him. He mauled Almeida in this fight. The wrestling was a huge difference in his ability to not only take the fight to the ground, but keep it on the ground as Almeida worked to try to use the fence to get back, turned him off of it, did everything right. You know, it went into the second round, but I mean, Sabatini did a lot of damage. He slowed Almeida down in that first round, uh, hit him with a lot of shots and a lot of. He did, he did a beautiful job of posturing up at the right time to throw power. 
and uh, just put on an outstanding performance. You guys say, whoop, yep, you got beaten the one. He's back. Yeah. <clears throat> just it has to do with what you what happens to you during that after that loss. <clears throat> How do you go back yep. to the drawing board? What's your mindset? What's your mentality? I mean, he came in with that look like real focus on what his game plan was going to be. Get to this top position, control him, slow him down. Don't give him any any uh, any opportunities to snatch an arm or a triangle or anything like that, and just kind of like control chest to chest, pressure to pressure. You know, small shots until he starts to get sweaty and and weather him down a little bit. Then I can start opening up, like you said, the right moments, the right time to make space and land the big shots, and then get back down so I don't lose my position. So he he fought a very smart fight, um, a very controlled fight. Which ultimately led to the the arm triangle. Nicely done. Yeah, nicely done. He looked great. <clears throat> Manuel Torres taking on Nicholas Mata. You know, Mata was actually looking good. He was he was fighting well. You know, he had. I really thought at certain points I go, he's frustrating Torres. You can see mm. Torres is he's not seeing it. He's not getting that feel, and then all of a sudden, hit him with a elbow. It wasn't an elbow. It was a elbow. Hit him with an elbow straight as he was coming towards him, man. That thing was nasty. Put him out right away. That was a big win. And, I mean, beautifully timed, beautifully done. You got to give it up to Mr. Torres. I got to be honest, John. That was probably the best elbow I've ever seen thrown. Holy <laughs> shit. That, that, okay. What are, you know what? I, as soon as he did it, what it reminded me of? Lorenz Larkin in his last fight. Ah. Remember that. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit. Lorenz yes. Larkin did the same thing. Just nasty. Lorenz did it though off the break, right? Like they they were like he was, in a he he it was yeah, it was done differently, but god damn, he had the guy stepping towards him and he stepped yeah. in. Just nasty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um this was just beautifully executed. The t it was timing that was on point. He slipped inside yep. the inside the punch. Came in with the elbow and it landed flush, basically like right across the nose, oh, the, front, the front of the jaw, like it went it went perfectly across the nose and into that like lip part right there, and uh, it was he was out. The the two follow shot follow up shots weren't even necessary. No. I mean he hit the ground and he was out out, but it was it was smooth. It was clean. And Moda had Mota had rocked him a little bit earlier. Yeah, Moda Moda was looking actually good. He was <clears throat> doing know. well. Yeah, he was doing really well. I mean, he was it looked like he was controlling the tempo of the fight because he was standing his ground and letting uh, Torres kind of like dance around him. But Moda, um, but Moda did. Uh, Mo Moda was landing good hard shots. Sorry, John, lost my train of thought. He he landed some good. He landed some good clean hard shots early, but Torres was um, was able to make the adjustment. But that elbow was nasty. Probably the best elbow oh, I've ever seen. Executed perfectly. Yeah. Yep. Nicholas Dalby taking on Muslim Salikov. Man, I'll tell you what, Salikov is he's you talk about fast spinning attacks. He there's times I look and go, God damn, that was fast. Because he doesn't look like a real fast guy. I mean, yeah. He is. But Nicholas Dalby just you know, he's got that almost Leota like Leoto Machita like, you know, karate stance. He bounces in and out. He uses a lot of energy, mm -hmm. but he's got a gas tank that's huge. And he just he just wore Solikov down. Yeah, just wore him down and beat him down. Got a nice decision, made a nice thing, you know, a nice little statement about Marvin Martin Catman there too. Also saying you know 
that Martin was the one that started it for, you know, people in the Netherlands. He's carrying the torch. That's great. But <clears throat> Nicholas Dalby, he's he's good. He's fun to watch. I did, enjoy him. Did Campman really be the one? Wouldn't it be Overeem? Would well, Overeem be the, the one? UFC, Campman was before Overeem. Let's be honest. Was he? In the UFC, yes, but not like in the yeah. sport. I, not, I didn't say in the sport. I said yeah. in the UFC. I get it. Okay. Uh, so. Dolby looked good, man. He looked good. I mean, he's got big power. He looks physically strong, but I was expecting him to slow down, and he didn't. He's got a gas tank on him. Guy oh, can he does. go. Oh, he's he got does. a motor. For people that for for fighters that carry that amount of muscle, they tend to slow down. Not this guy. Man, Dolby was he was landing the big shots, putting the pressure. Did, did you ever see his fight against Ross Houston? No. Uh -uh. Ross Houston fought fought for Bellator there uh, he for one fight. Wow, but yeah, basically. Yeah, he fought for the he title, right, or something like that, and then he, he lost. fought MVP. That's right. That's he fought right. MVP, but he was the champion of Bama, uh -huh. I want to say. And he and Dalby had a fight for that uh, welterweight title, and it actually got stopped, and called off due to blood <laughs> both guys were bleeding all over the place they had one of those vinyl coverings uh, and they were they were slip sliding all over there neither one could keep you know stand on their feet but they were both going at it but dalby actually had a fight a championship fight stopped due to blood wow wow <clears throat> you know um john fitch fought over in the world series of fighting and yeah. uh it was it it was in fort lauderdale I believe. Oh, that was that was right when they were switching to the PFL. Yes, it was at the. It was sorry, it was at Daytona. I think it was at Daytona. Yeah. Anyways, for yeah, yeah, it was Daytona, and we were out there, and man, it was it started raining. They had the vinyl canvas, and one of the guys ended up tearing his knee out because he stepped backwards Ooh. and his knee slipped out. And he ended up tearing his knee in the fight. Yeah, but That's they kept bad. fighting. They just kept fighting. I was great. Whatever. <laughs> I was like, whatever. Uh, all right, John. Any other fights on here you liked? Yeah, well, we got to talk about a couple. Look at okay. first off, uh, Mr. Perfect uh, Kang. He did look good. He came out there and he put it on Quinones, who's an aggressive young fighter. It's just you know what, this is what happens when experience uh, is calm, relaxed, and waiting for you to make the mistake. Hit him with a big shot. Got the rear naked choke. Beautiful, beautifully done. I thought, you know, Costa did a nice job, especially with the low leg kicks on Jimmy Flick. That's what got him that win. Easy. We got to talk about Carlos Hernandez against Denny's Bondar. That's the one that ended with a technical decision. But let's be honest with this. Hernandez was winning the fight. We all, we all could see that. When Hernandez lands the throw, the real question you got to ask, Josh, is... Is Bondar knocked out by the throw or by a clash of heads? Because their heads did touch, but was it the throw that knocked him out or was it a clash of heads that knocked him out? I don't know. Ah, what are you doing? You don't know. Right? Yeah. You don't you know. Just don't, and no you one just does. don't know. You don't know. And so how can you say that the throw wasn't what knocked him out? You can't. So what they did was safe, but they did it because they knew Hernandez 
was winning the fight and it would take away any kind of protest from Bondar's camp saying, hey, they clashed heads. So they go to the technical decision. But Carlos Hernandez, man, I'll tell you what, he freaking, not you know, the, the throw was beautiful. The elbows that he landed, holy shit. He was killing him with elbows. He was out long before it was stopped. Should have been stopped sooner. Who was the ref for that? Jaren, Jaren Vallejo. Yep. He, he was as amazed by the knockout <laughs> as everyone else and then trying to figure out what's going on and then yeah. made, finally made the call, but it went too long. There was also another one with Dan Argueta versus Ronnie Lawrence that we got to talk about. That was Keith Peterson. Look at Argueta had him in a beautiful topside guillotine choke. He's putting it on. You do see Lawrence's hand coming out there too. Um, he looks like he's setting up to tap. But he didn't. But Keith Peterson fell into him. Yeah. He started to look at the hand. And when he grabbed the hand, Lawrence pulled to pull the hand away, which pulled Keith Peterson into them. And he, when he felt, that's why he kind of stopped it. You know, he can you know, say that uh, I thought he was tapping. Okay. But it was the right call to make it, you know, a no contest over to, you know, you can't give a win to someone that doesn't deserve it. You can't give a loss to a guy when he didn't tap. But, you know, the one thing I'm going to say is Dominic. Dominic Cruz, stop with the Keith Peterson hate, dude. Well, I'm, you started. No, 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 no. I'm going to no. I'm going to rebuttal you on this. Let one. me ask. Go ahead. OK, you go ahead. You you uh, rebut me. Don't be let me so ask aggressive. you a question, Josh. Don't be so aggressive. No, 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 no. I said I said you can rebut me. OK, so let me ask you a question. You ever made a mistake? John, you know me long enough. I don't make mistakes. You know that. OK, <laughs> and there we go. All right. I get it. Look. No, no, no. I want to know. Does Dominic make mistakes ever? Well, oh. of course. Oh, really? <clears throat> okay. So, so the, go ahead. So no, no, let, now let me ask you this. What's the best thing to do when you have that mistake? I mean, own up to it. Own up to it. Did he? Uh, I don't know. That's why it's a no contest. Yes. Because <laughs> he owned up to it. Huh? What do you want? No, no, I get what you're saying here. <clears throat> I was funny because you said this about the Dom thing, and I didn't know you were going to go this, that direction with this uh, with this fight Well, on the Dom thing over Keith Peterson. But if you go back, which was later on in the evening, more to, more on the main card, did you go to the – go up a little bit more there, buddy? <clears throat> to the Sarukian fight with Silva? Sarukian gets to that top, to that top mount. And he lets he lets Silva take three good hard shots. Oh yeah, yeah, beautiful. And Dom mm -hmm. goes, great job by the referee letting them fight it out. He was moving, he was trying. The ref did a great job. He said that. So I wanted that was later on in the evening after he had already. I don't I don't know I don't recall. Like I guess I don't normally listen to the commentary, especially during the prelims. Um, <clears throat> and so I didn't hear any of the back and forth during that if, during that fight you're talking about. This fight, though, I did hear that, and I was like, "Wow, Dom saying something nice about Keith," and I just <laughs> it just it caught my ear. It caught my ear, and okay, and uh, and I thought that was not. I thought that was a. I thought it was a step in the right direction for for Dom because he made it a point to point out the referee did a great job. Great job by the ref, letting him fight. Perfect timing on the stoppage. I thought that was great. So okay, <clears throat> and I'll say, I don't remember it. Yeah, but I'm not going to say he did it in a smart ass way. 
maybe 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 I read it wrong. I don't know. Maybe I read it wrong. You know, uh, you mean you mean Dom? You mean Dom could be a smartass? No, no, you not don't at all. say not Dominic Cruz. <laughs> Love that guy. He's such a nice dude, man. He's just funny, man. He is, dude. He knows. He looks. He's a he smart understands guy. Sport. He's great. Yeah. He is smart. Smart guy. And he'll he'll but let you know that he's smart. Look, <laughs> the only th- the only thing you can do when you make a mistake is own up to it. That's yeah. why it was a technical draw or a no contest based upon. That's key saying I fucked it up. Hmm. What can you do? Hey, you think he wanted to? No. We, what, what fight was it recently that we watched? Uh, where they had to do that same thing? It was another? I think it was another UFC. We fight. had one. We had one in Bellator. Oh, did we? we had Sal Rogers going against uh, David oh, Gallon. That's the fight. Yep, yep. That's the fight. I was Jacob Montalvo in, yep. in a guillotine <clears throat> choke, topside, and gets covered and stopped it when Gallon was he was defending it the right way. It doesn't mean that it was going to work completely. He could have gone out but stopped it and it was the same thing and what happened first they said that sal rogers was the winner yeah. and you look and you go you can't you can't give someone a loss when they didn't truly lose yeah and they overturned it yeah <clears throat> which sucks because then they didn't saul didn't get his win money <clears throat> i mean he didn't win technically but i mean I does suck saying. yeah it does suck all right, uh, that's that's gonna wrap up our UFC talk, and uh, let's go ahead and jump right into the um, next one. But before we do that, go to onlyfans.com slash Wayne in. I had a great meeting with OnlyFans while we were in Chicago because OnlyFans is you know stationed out of Chicago, at least the North American one is. Um, and uh, they they seem to be very happy with what we you know the amount of content that we're putting out, and they're happy with um. The amount of people that are, have been inquiring about us on there and the fact that we are the very first podcast that they've ever actually um, done a, a sponsorship deal with or an endorsement deal with. So we are trying to work a, a little bit more and putting more videos together. We uh, The MVP one should be finalizing here pretty soon. And John and I do the voiceovers on that as well. And we did it for um, for Chris Cyborgs when she released hers. There will be some more fighters uh, coming on that they'll be doing it for. And John and I will be probably more involved in those as well. So I'm looking forward to it, man. OnlyFans doing big things with athletes, not just tits and ass. And so um, even though there's big things like that on there too. Um, but no, we are trying Did to you bring talk to them about equal pay for men and women. Yeah, I wasn't really ready to go that far yet. Okay, let's. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to put my foot down, but then I realized, yep. yeah, let's yeah, just. Bad, bad foot to put. Yeah, yeah, bad foot to put there, but. <laughs> But uh, yeah, we've been. We're, I'm still gonna. I'm still gonna continue that campaign, though, John. Equal pay for for men and women on OnlyFans. Okay. So, all right. Well, hey, let's jump right into Bellator 297. 300's coming up, John. Bellator oh, 300's yeah. coming up. Go ahead. How many is it away? I mean, you you've got that mathematician Three, mind. Go 297. Ahead, well, am I counting 297? <laughs> so I've got 298. Doesn't matter. Do I count 300 too? So is it is it three away yeah, or is it just two? It's- do we count? Well, is it three away? away? It's but two it's, away, but it's three shows. Three shows. Okay. You don't have uh, it. You do two shows. You're not still not on three hundred. Uh, John caught me in a in a very weird moment. I was counting on my fingers, <laughs> <laughs> trying to figure out the reach. The reach. The reach. I was like, six, nine. seven. Yeah, you know hard it is. There's a half. There's I'm a not half. a play by play guy, anyways, and they have yeah. me doing play by play because they're gonna give Morrow a break because he's got to go do boxing and stuff and. Me and Josh are working, and I'm looking over at my friend, <laughs> my partner, and it says 68 and a half inch reach, 
and a 74 inch reach. 74 and a half. My man is sitting 74 and a half. half. That's that was true. Something like that. And my man's over there going, I'm like, six? <laughs> six nine? He had, to, he had to go to the second hand. It was all over. I was like, five. All over. And, and then they show the tail of the tape, and I go, they, you know what? They're virtually identical. <laughs> I was like, screw it. Oh, man. I never said math was my strong suit. No, no, mathematician. No doubt about it. All right. We did have Bellator 297 from Chicago at the Wintrust Arena with the main card. Well, we, it was a dual main event, they called it. But you got to say the main event was Vadim Nemkov, the light heavyweight champion of the world, taking on the, uh, the amazing as far as he doesn't get old. 46-year-old, yeah. Yoel Romero. Yoel coming and trying to, uh, overall, I guess, you know, you can argue it back and forth as far as, you know, how many championship, you know, attempts has he had. If you count the ones where he missed weight also, it would be five because he's really not an attempt with that. But this would have been the fifth, and this was definitely the worst beating he took in any of them. Mm. <clears throat> he did not look good at the end of this fight no. as far as the damage that was done. Yeah. He had a great fifth round though. That was the one round he won. Yeah. Um I I really thought that he would try to capture this moment knowing that it's really over. Like he's not gonna get another title shot. No. You know what I mean? No, not at the age. And like no. and they and they really they really were I think part of the agreement and the negotiations when they brought him on is like, hey, because of my age, are you gonna give me an opportunity to fight for the title? And that conversation was had, and it was like, yeah, absolutely, we'll give you an opportunity. You got to earn it, though. And it was like, okay, as long fine. as you earn it, yeah, that's it. You know, and they wanted to, they wanted to play him up, you know, to get him there. As, as the fast crowd as loves could. it. The crowd, Let's just be honest. When people call him he the people's champ, he is, he is a people's champ. He is a fan favorite. Yeah. He is. I mean, he was out there having fun, the whole drunken boxing thing, you know, uh, that. And then, I mean, he's still explosive, still has power, even at, you know, 46. And, you know, I got to be honest, him at 205, he's not a big guy. I mean, he's big, John. He's big. But, you know, he's, like, he's, he's muscular, all that, all those things. But, I mean, height-wise, he's not a, no, he's not he's not, a super, he's not tall super tall guy. He's probably 5'11". Yeah. Maybe six foot. But he's, um, but I feel like him going to 205... It's it's a better thing for him because he's not killing himself to make the weight at eighty five, which he was missing weight, Absolutely. you know, several times. He missed it twice for the for a title shot, correct? Yep. Um so that happened. And him being at two oh five, he's a lot better, but now he's also a lot older. So it's it kind of works against him. You know, you go to two oh five, the guys are bigger. Um, it's harder to deal with the guys that are bigger, but he's physically like built like a Greek god. <coughs> but and I think I think the, him keeping the weight on and not having to kill himself to make the weight, he has a little bit more energy. And we saw that him. in the fourth and fifth round. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah, we saw that in the fourth and fifth round. And so um, Nemkov, I looked at a little bit of what he was doing. I wasn't I wasn't sure if he'd be able to keep this fight on the feet. If Yoel wanted to take him down, I thought Yoel would be able to take him down. And um, but he didn't really. He never really shot. You know, he had one a couple time. opportunities in there. One, one real semi attempt. It was really a semi attempt. It really wasn't a, a legitimate. He's trying to get him to the yeah. ground. You know, it's just you look at it. You got to give it up to Nemkov as far as he's fast. He throws 
beautiful combinations. He utilizes the up and down. He goes to the head. He goes to the body. He kicks to the legs. He kicks up high. Look, he's a well-rounded fighter. He's good. Yeah. <clears throat> I think he's going to go to heavyweight. got to deal with. Yeah, he's going to go to heavyweight. So do I. I you got to figure that, you know, he's walking around somewhere. And I've said it. We, you know, he's always there when his teammate, you know, Valentin Moldovsky fights. And Moldovsky is what we call that hybrid heavyweight and somewhere in the weighing in somewhere in the 230s. And and, and you and I have both looked and said, look at Vadim. He's bigger than Moldovsky. Yeah, he is. You know, and we've seen him when he's not, you know, he's the, not the one fighting. And he walks around about 240 pounds. 242. You know, he is a big dude. What's yeah. that? He said he walks around about 242. Well, he said he said 110 kilos. Yeah. Man, that's that's 242. Jeez, man. But that's a, I mean, we, you know, how often do we talk about the hybrid heavy, heavyweight? And you take a look at, you know, the heavyweights in, in Bellator, and there's a couple that are the big monsters that cut weight to, you know, try to get to that 265. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, and the ones that are winning, they're in the 240 pound range. Yeah. That's where they that's where they fight. Well, you got to look you know, at it though. So he fits right in there. There's no reason for him not to go to heavyweight. Ryan Bader's the champ there. He's got a win, knockout win over Ryan Bader. So what's the point True. of you know, like why keep killing myself to get the weight off when I know I can beat the guy at heavyweight? Now I've, and who, I've said well, this. And, and seriously, who should he fight? I mean, you, you got Corey Anderson who called him out. Mm -hmm. But if you're Nemkov, are you interested in that fight? Nah. Although Corey did look good his last his his fight this he, last he week. did, but you just fought Corey. Yeah, you know your fight before this one. Yeah, yeah. There's no real new blood in that. In that, um, that's why they were pushing you know on the Yoel thing when Yoel came over. He's like, look, you got to get two or three wins, and then you know we'll put you in that title talk because <clears throat> yeah. they knew that Corey was going to end up fighting Nemkov when the, around the time that they right right when they signed. Sorry, they didn't know Corey was going to fight Nemkov. They signed Yoel and Corey all <laughs> around the same time to put him in the tournament. But they also knew that everyone that was in the tournament was going to shake out somewhere in there, um, you know, to potentially get a, another run of the title. So one win over whoever else lost will put you back into the title conversation, which is where Yoel is. The one thing that none of us counted on was that uh, Anthony Johnson passed away. And that was the fight that everyone wanted to see. Yep. You know, because that right there to me would have been the fucking fight. Nemkov versus Rumble. Just I just I don't and I just and even Yoel in Rumble. Those well, two that's guys. the fight that was actually put yep. together as the first fight in that you know World Grand Prix. It was AJ versus Yoel. Yeah, and everyone was excited to see that. Yeah, it's just some things aren't meant to be. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I think uh, Vadim Nemkov and, and Anthony Johnson would have won one hell of a fucking fight. One hell of a oh, fight. Yeah. So, uh, next fight. You had Sergio Pettis, the Bantamweight champion, coming off of a big-time knee injury, not fighting for over a year, being challenged by the guy who has been a pillar in the Bellator cage, a guy who has fought you know, featherweight, been a three-time champion, one-time lightweight champion. He was going after that third title, going dropping down to Bantamweight, and he looked good. Let's be honest. He did it the right way. His body looked good and stuff. And we, you know, we've talked about this, and I've always said I don't like when a guy goes down. I don't think it's good. I, you know, T.J. D Dillashaw did it with Henry Cejudo, dropping from one thirty-five to one twenty-five, and everyone talked about how good he looked. I said it's not doesn't matter. 
it's that when you drop down in weight, they're faster. Speed kills. How often do we say it, Josh? How yep. often do we say, man, I don't care who's the bigger, stronger guy. I care about who's the faster guy. Yep. And then, you know, you can look at it, and I'll be honest. This was the one that I looked at. I said, it is Patricio. He does have power in his hands. He is a very high IQ fighter. If there's anyone that can do it, he'd be the guy that could come down mm -hmm. and possibly do it. But, and I also didn't think that people gave Sergio enough credit for as good as he is now. And he is just, he's super calm now. At one point in his career, especially when he was in the UFC, he wasn't calm. Mm -hmm. He was frenetic. He burned a lot of energy. He did a lot of things that, you know, caused him to put himself out of position. He doesn't do those things now. He's a way better fighter now, years later, than he ever was, you know, as a 125 or two. And I think that hurt him being a, being a flyweight. He is a little bit, you know, he's muscular and stuff. And I think the 135 fits him well. And you got to admit, he put on just one hell of a performance. <clears throat> I gave I gave Patricio one round. Yeah, Two I mean, the judges didn't give him any. There's nothing you can say. I mean, Pettis was the faster fighter. He was able to touch uh, Patricio when he needed to. He was able to get in and get out before Patricio could land something. Um, and even when he did land, it was like just the one shot, and so he wasn't able to to hit the follow ups. And Patricio. As much as he is, as well as as good as he looked on the scales, as good as he he physically looked, I thought I thought because he wasn't as depleted as when you looked at T.J. Dillashaw. T.J. looked like just so shredded, and we all know because you know <clears throat> later on find out he was you know using PEDs. But it was, <clears throat> but I'm saying though, like he was super lean at 35 already. Yep. And then went down to 25. <clears throat> Patricio is the guy that he always carried a little extra muscle. And so you knew that if he just probably was able to deplete some of the muscle by eating a little bit cleaner and not bulking up a little bit in between fights. And like he said, he started doing this weight cut after October. He didn't stop training. He just started getting his weight down because he knew if he won, he was going to go to 35. Well, and he had that fight <clears throat> with Clever Coke in Japan. He started that training camp. That was for New Year's Eve. He started that training camp oh, sorry. in October. Yeah. And continued after his fight mm -hmm. with Koke, just continued the same training and diet program to make this 135. So it's not like he took eight weeks mm -hmm. to do it. He took a long period of time you're talking about. What do you what what do you say to people though <clears throat> that are like, oh well, he beat he was the 55-pound champ. He was the 45-pound champ. But he just got smoked by a guy who, who left the UFC. What do you say? <laughs> Hold on. How long, how long has Sergio Pettis been in Bellator? I love when people say that. You know, just left the UFC. No, he didn't just leave the UFC. He's been in Bellator for three fucking years. Okay? Almost four. Yeah. So, you know, it's not like he just left the UFC. He left the UFC a while ago, and the UFC wanted him to stay in the flyweights, and he wanted to be a bantamweight, so he left. And it was the right move for him. He has been undefeated. You know, he won his last fight in the UFC. He's been undefeated in Bellator. He's looked fantastic. Mm -hmm. And you can sit there and say whatever you want as far as you know, Patricio's performance. He's got nothing to feel bad about. He's got nothing to feel sorry for. I mean, obviously, he wanted to win. Mm -hmm. He went out and he tried something that is not an easy thing to do. Going down in weight is always a difficult task, in my opinion, based upon 
you are becoming the slow, slower fighter. Yeah. Very rarely are you going to find someone dropping down in weight and they are the faster fighter. Maybe they may match the speed, but usually they're the guy that ends up being the slower fighter. And you watch this fight, Josh, it was all about speed. You know, I had in those, you know, keys to victory. What's the thing I said about Sergio Pettis? Touch, touch, touch. Yeah. Don't try to knock him out. Don't try to do those things. Just keep touching him. That's what's going to get you your win. And what did he do? Just kept he did touching exactly him. that. Yeah. He mixed him. it up very well. Because he had the speed advantage. And every time you saw Patricio try to counter, his counter would miss. And then Pettis would counter the counter. And he'd land the shot and leave him with something to think about. Perfect fighting. Yeah, it was everything. It was the inside. It was the inside leg kicks. It was the outside leg kicks. It was the body kicks. It was mixing up for the spinning kicks that landed. You know, I mean, he he came from every direction. When you're fighting somebody who is is very boxing centric, which Patricio is because he's got power. Um, you know, he kicks pretty well. He can wrestle. We saw that. He has all the intangibles that you want when you're looking for champion. He is. He you know. He's been a champ everywhere he's gone and everything he's done. But this was a tough task to go down. <clears throat> and and I was one of the guys, John, you said, um, you basically said, like, you know, hey, like Pettis is not, we're not giving Pettis the credit. I was one of those guys that wasn't giving Pettis yeah. the credit. I was like, man, this if if you're gonna if you're gonna be Patricio and try and do something that no one's ever done to win three different weight classes, win titles in three different weight classes, Pettis is tailor made for him. Because I, you know, I just thought in my mind that the champ always finds a way to get it done this champ he and he always finds a way whether it was knocking out michael chandler whether it was beating all the guys that he'd ever lost to except for one joe warren he beat all the other guys he ever lost to now he's got this to get back on his on on track against pettis will he stay at 35 you know that that's was your first that's the question because now he's got to get his muscle back on to go back up to 45 and that's that's a tough task because you got to put it on the right way Yep. You know, um, and he's pretty much wiped out that whole division. I know there's some new guys that are coming up, but I mean, he's kind of wiped out that division a couple times over. You know, they've rebuilt it, you know, to keep giving him people to beat, you know, and he keeps finding ways. And you know, AJ McKee's not in that weight class anymore. He's out. He's going to be no. a 55 from now on. He is enormous. There, there, there is no rival, no, really, in the featherweight division that, you know, you could look at and say, well, that, that's someone that he could really you know, get excited about fighting. There's no one, you know, yeah. Aaron, P Aaron Pico, is he excited about fighting? There, there's no rivalry there. No. There's nothing there. It's just another fight, mm -hmm. but, and it's a good fight, but it's not something that's going to get it to where you look and you say, it's like he gets to fight an AJ, AJ McKee. Yeah. That that's a rivalry that, yeah, he, he could bite into, but I look at it and I say, and I do think, look, you, you can't, you went down to 35. Mm -hmm. If the, if the diet's not killing you stay there, yeah, stay there and start to fight some of the people that, you know, are the good fighters in 135 and build yourself back towards getting another shot if you can. Yeah, I think is it, <clears throat> he's just going to have to have one fight and they'll put him back in a title shot. I mean, with somebody like him, like like a Frankie when he came down to 45, you know, it's almost it's yeah. like, hey, you know, we know what the guy's capable well, see, of. We don't need to. Hold it, that, that, but that's the whole point. And you're, look, you're always going to get people to talk shit. And it's always the people that never been in a fight in their life that say it. But Frankie Edgar, how many times did we say, you take a look at him, lightweight champion of the world, Frankie. And Frankie went through some good fighters. Gray Maynard was a fucking beast. Yeah. Okay. And he beat him twice. And then the second time, knocked him out. Well, he didn't beat him. It was a draw the first one. I apologize. But 
the well the first one he first one he lost he lost to gray the first no. time no he didn't he, he they fought in a three-round fight and he lost to gray no that not as a champion yes yes not as a champion okay draw when he first fought him as a champion kept his mm-hmm. title yeah and then knocked him out you know the second time but you take a look and you know and his fights with Benson. frank we always talked about how frankie frankie barely makes the 155 yeah you know he's not a big guy he would do so much better at 45 he would do so much better at 35 mm-hmm. once he was at 45 and look he did good at 45 he did but he never became the champ there. Nope. Does that mean that Frankie Edwards wasn't a phenomenal goddamn fighter? You know what? The dude is as good as they get. He was a stud. Well, his, it's his, just that, his advantage, John, was his speed at 55. Speed. He could get in you know? and get out before the guys could get off. That's you know, right. and that and and I want to go back to what we were talking about when I asked you, what do you say to people like, oh well, Sergio, you know, he didn't make it at 25 in the UFC and now he's at Bellator and he's your champ now. This is what I want to remind people. You know, Robbie Lawler didn't make it either in the UFC <laughs> and then he left to Pride, then he came to Strike Force and became champ there. Then he went to the UFC and sorry, didn't uh then he went to then he went to um back to the UFC and became the champ there. Like it just because someone's path just goes a different way. Like a lot of guys that right. left the UFC went back and they, they rekindled themselves back in Strike Force. Verdum, he dropped, you know, yeah. he got he flunked out of the out of the UFC early. Then he went over to and fought, he ends up coming over to Strike Force, beating Fedor, and then yep. you know becoming you know being there. And then he goes back to the UFC and wins the title against my teammate against Cain Velasquez, who everyone yep. who I still believe is the the greatest heavyweight of all time, just barring injuries. You know what I mean? And I'm going to continue Barring with injuries. that because, I mean, that's his his whole deal was just he couldn't stay healthy. But for Doom goes back and becomes the champion. That's right. These guys, the career changes so many different directions. Career and trajectory and, yeah. is based upon too many elements for people to understand. It is who are you training with at the time? What is your personal life like at the time? What outside influences do you have going on at the time? Where is your mental outlook at the time? And who are you fighting at the right time? Because a lot of it is not so much, you know, they're all good fighters, but when are you fighting them? Yeah. It's a difference. Well, you know, I go back to um, Eddie Alvarez. Huge fan of Eddie Alvarez. Been a champ everywhere he's gone. You know, and everyone's like, he's "Oh, winner. Well, you know, he came over to the UFC." I was like, "Yeah," and they're like, "He's a he's a can." He's I was, he was the champ, a can. He was a he's like he's you know they were talking about how First shitty off. he was. He was the champ in, in Bellator, and I was like, I said he was the champ in the UFC. Yeah, then he got knocked out by uh by Connor. I said Connor was yeah. beating everybody at that time. That's right. You're, you're forgot. You're, you're looking at the Connor now. You're not looking at the Connor that was stepped in the cage that night and fought Eddie Alvarez. I mean. It just, it really baffles me. I just, um, anyways, Sergio, I got to say, I, I counted him out, man. I didn't, I said, look, as long as Patricio doesn't come in, like, you know, feeling like shit and showing, he just, he just couldn't get the timing, the rhythm. Pettis fought, Sergio Pettis fought a fantastic fight. The way he mixed everything up, the way he utilized his speed, he got in, he got out, he never got hit clean. I mean, he did it all. I was very, very, I was thoroughly impressed with him. He also impressive. did a very, very nice job of actually pressuring yeah. uh, Pitbull because a lot of people don't. They, they allow Pitbull to control that range, and at times he was pressuring well, and that's that's a good way of putting Pitbull in a position where his offense 
tends to slow well, down when he's backing up he doesn't throw um, as much amanda and i talked to the desk and i said well she says what's one of your biggest concerns you know for pettis i said is that he will show him too much respect yeah. and let the fight yeah, slip yeah. away and it was the exact opposite yeah i mean he wasn't disrespectful but he just he went out there and said look i'm gonna do me and right now in this moment i need to pressure you okay in this moment i need to stay away from you and he just right. he did a great job of navigating his way from round to round and mixing it up i can't keep, i can't say that enough because every time pettis thought he was going to stand and bang he'd throw a spinning kick and that made that not pettis that every time he thought patricia was going to stand and bang he'd throw a spinning kick or he'd throw you know an inside leg kick and it would make him think oh man the kicks are coming from all different angles and then patricia was a little bit more hesitant did you see the tape of Patricio getting sewn up in the back talking with Pettis? No, I didn't see it. And he, and he, he actually, he's sitting there and he goes, he says, he says, uh, he says, you hit me with a kick. He goes, he says, show me what kind of kick you hit me with. I love it. Right. Cause he, he did, he, you know, didn't know. And, you know, Sergio goes, oh, he was, this is what I did. And he goes, oh, and, you know, because you don't, sometimes you don't see it. And it's the ones you don't see that hurt you. But he had a, there was a little clip that was out there that it was re really interesting to watch because for people that, you know, don't understand fighting, you don't always see everything. You Man. can't. And he, he got hit by that one and it hit him in, you know, kind of in the upper, just above the temple and stuff. Mm -hmm. But that heel, man, it's, that's a hammer coming down on you. It, it definitely shook him up. So. Yeah, I but just, a great fight, great fantastic. win by Sergio Pettis. What I love though about Patricio, even his brother Patricky, I mean, after I fought them, after I fought Patricky, <clears throat> they came over to my gym and they trained, rolled with them, trained with them, grappled with them, you know, talked with them, had them on the podcast, like all these things. Like they're good, good kids, man. I call oh, them kids, but they're, they're older, they're you know, good but, they're, but they're, they're good people. They're definitely they're really not good kids. people. No, yeah, the pit bull mentality is, you know, they're just not going to back down from you and they're going to fight whoever. I and mean, he showed that when he fought Chandler, but it's like, he's, they're good people, man. All right. Next fight. Yes, there. Corey Anderson taking on Phil Davis. You know, we looked at this and I mean, we, the only thing that I think we, uh, we knew, well, we felt was going to happen in this was they were going to cancel themselves out in wrestling, which they actually did, but they wrestled a ton. <laughs> okay. But yeah. it was, you know, fantastic, you know, sequences and transitions and scrambles and loved everything I saw. And we said, it's probably going to go to a decision. They're both that good. Yeah. It's going to be hard for either guy to finish the other guy. And, you know, you could have gone either way. I thought Corey deserved the win. I thought Phil was right there. He had his moments and stuff. But I think there's something about Corey Anderson and his gas tank that he can just continue to exert and put out, you know, forward motion and output when other guys are wanting to take a breath. And that's the biggest difference that there was. But Corey Anderson is just, I thought he fought a very smart fight. And, you know, wrestling wise, Josh. Yeah. Did you see either guy, neither, I mean, both of them had clean takedowns at mm -hmm. times that the other guy scrambled right out of and they were unable to, con you know, control position or anything like that. Both yeah. guys were just amazing at that. I can't say enough about either one of these guys. Both are good. Both nope. are fantastic fighters. <clears throat> um, you know, both both left the UFC ranked, you know, highly ranked. And... Yeah. Um, you know, and they're both, they both, uh, Phil Davis was the champ for a little bit and lost it. And then Corey fought for the title, came up short. Uh, he, he definitely is, uh, turning a page. He's just, 
he looked fantastic in this fight. He utilized the wrestling, utilized his uh, his striking. Uh, you know, he had Phil guessing at different opportunities, <clears throat> different moments of the fight. And Phil had some good takedowns, had some good work in there. Great scramble. There was one time where Corey picked him up on the shoulder and dumped him and Phil rolled him through, came up on the, came up on the single leg. I was like, holy shit. I and know. That, it's different when you see guys that are 125, 135, 145 pounds doing that, right? But not guys that are fucking 205 pounds and they're 230 probably by the time they're in the cage, exactly. 225, 230. Yep. You know, so... Both guys, fantastic fight. Now, here's Next. my question. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Did Corey actually lose his tooth or was it a fake tooth? What do you mean? You remember you know, when his mouthpiece I, came out? No, no. He had an old, his, he had a fake tooth from like, I think from wrestling when he had his tooth knocked out in wrestling. Okay. And then he, and then his, Something went wrong. His new mouthpiece didn't fit it without the with the tooth in it, oh, so he so had to wear it without it. God, yeah. Oh, okay. He no I think he normally wears his fake tooth when he when he fights with his with his mouthpiece in because it keeps it in. Yeah. But then his he that's why he said his mouthpiece came out is because his the old mouthpiece he had didn't have wasn't framed the same way, so he had to yeah. wear it without his mouthpiece. He did tell me because John, I got a bone to pick with you. So, all right, what is it? We we never got there. I don't know what it is. <laughs> oh, next fight. <clears throat> Gohan Saracham going up against the guy who had everybody in that building on his side. Daniel James, the guy I call DJ Large. Obviously, Demetrius Johnson is DJ Small. But DJ Large went in there and Saracham had spent two months in Las Vegas working on his wrestling, working on a ground game with a bunch of big heavyweights and man, see, this is when you look at a guy and you go, congratulations, man, you did the right thing. You knew exactly what you were going to have to do to get a win against mm -hmm. a big monster like Daniel James. You went out and you performed beautifully. I got to give it up for Sarachom. We had someone that, that had predicted Sarachom wins in three rounds on a decision by grounding Daniel James. And he was absolutely right. Sarachom put on a very impressive performance. May not have been what the fans wanted to see because yeah. I really thought he was going to try to stick and move and stay on the outside and eat up the front leg of James and use his fast hands to try to, you know, just pepper him. Nope, screw that. I'm going to take him to the ground, and he was able to, and he dominated there. I agree with you. I agree with you. But you know what, John? There's a couple fights in here that I want to – give a lot of love to <clears throat> Kyle Kutchmer performance after being his first fight at, over at Fortis MMA. Bam. I thought Bam. he looked fantastic. He did. Kyle Kutchmer absolutely, you know, switching camps, going to Fortis MMA. He, he came out with a goddamn fire. Mm -hmm. He was Bobby Nash is not an easy person. He's a good wrestler. Kyle didn't care. He had his plan. He knew exactly what he wanted to do. And man, I'll tell you what, when he was able to unload, Kyle Kretschmer, look, that was the best I've ever seen Kyle look. Yeah. And he's I, had a couple of performances where he's looked good getting a decision, but that was a great finish. Because when I looked up Bobby Nash, I'm like, dude, this guy's got power. He's kind of that herky-jerky style of fighter. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> it's hard to hard to work around. You know he, he looked physically strong. He's longer than Kyle. Kyle's a yep. shorter guy for the, for the welterweight division. And I was concerned that maybe the wrestling would cancel out and then Bobby be able to use his power and his reach, you know, to touch Kyle on the chin. <clears throat> but... Kyle was moving his head real well offline, 
dipped under a lot of the long shots and landed some clean shots of his own. Beautifully done, man. But the fight well, we got though, it. We got. We <clears> do <throat> have to. We do have to. You know, put a little caveat on this. You, you get scared for all of the guys that you train with. You're yeah. always worried about everything. I am. <laughs> you're like you're like the nervous Nelly mom, man. <laughs> it's like, oh, he could get hurt. Yeah, I know, man. I, I just I think of all the ways because I've trained with them. I think of like the <clears throat> the ways that I've seen them in the gym, and I they open they're open for certain things. So when I look at whoever they're fighting, I'm like, if they can find that rhythm or they can find that that hole, they could hurt sure. them, you know. And it just goes through your mind. Uh, but I like Kyle, man. He made a <clears throat> made a decision to leave AKA, which is my home, you know, here in San okay. Jose. And he's moved down to to Fort Worth, Dallas Fort Worth area there. And he's yeah, and where are you going to be uh, be, seeing be, him? Be right there. I'll be right All down right, the road. That's what I thought, man. Okay. So it's just uh, you know, um, good for Hello, him. Hello, my name is Josh Thompson, and I am training at Fort Worth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike Hamill, man, put on a great performance against Shamil uh, Nikolov. Nikolov, man, that was a tough one. Tough fight though. I ran into Nikolov in the in the locker room afterwards, and he thought he won. Um, I thought I I got to be honest. I had it a draw. That's the way that I scored. So it. I. First round was a 10, 10 eight, and the next I, two I, rounds I, I had a Mike ten Hamill. eight in the first one for Nakayev, and I thought, yeah, exactly. But this was so, a fucking great fight. Mike Camel almost gets knocked out in the first round. He's chasing nope. Nakayev is chasing Nakayev is chasing him around, trying to finish him, trying to put him away, and just couldn't get. He couldn't land that clean hard shot, the one that would really put Mike Camel out. And he just ended up getting exhausted. I talked to him in the back after, and he's like, after the first round, he's like, I had nothing. I, had no, I was like, wow, you didn't, you didn't seem like you had nothing. You came out in the second no, round. Still had pop, I, I, I even commented about how they both looked extremely fresh coming into the second round. And they came out in that yeah. second round. They looked good. And, uh, yeah, he just – and you could tell. They, that, was, that was a very, very fast-paced fight. The whole oh. thing from beginning to end was fast-paced. Good stuff. So, but good, uh, good job over Mike Hamill and the Kyoff, uh, his Carl Moore. Yeah, Carl Moore against Alex Polizzi. That was a that was a fun fight. Alex Polizzi is a dog, man. Yeah, Carl Moore is a a giant in the two hundred and five pound division, and got power in his hands and stuff. The wrestling that you know Alex Polizzi was trying at times, everything that Carl Moore was doing, back and forth. Both guys fought a great fight. That's what I you agree. want to see. Um, you know, Gatsy had a good, a good dominating performance. Uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta work a little bit more for the finishes, get in there yep. and try to, you know, try to push a little bit more to get to those finishes. But man, you gotta talk about Kuramagomedov. Jesus. <laughs> he's, you know, everyone's gonna look, he set that knee up. He did it beautifully. He forced the head over to the side, knew exactly what he wanted to do. That was just beautifully done. These next, these next four guys, you guys got to keep an eye on. Just uh, Kuramagomedov, yep. Norvenia Jr., uh, Archie Colgan, and Jordan Newman. All four of those yep. guys are fantastic. And nothing against their opponents. I mean, Archie Colgan fought Emmanuel Sanchez, who fought for the title several times. <clears throat> Came up short, but Archie Colgan, man, what does he got? Six, seven and oh now? Six or seven and oh? Seven and oh. <clears throat> Fight, fighting someone like Emmanuel Sanchez, who's got a ton of fights under his belt. And. Yeah, he fought a 20, great fight. Twenty nine fights, I want to say. Yeah, just Archie fought a great fight. So Nor, um, Nor, Norbert Norvenny Jr. Big power Holy in his hands. Shit. Fights like um, MVP. He's fighting like MVP now. You know, he moves around. He even danced a little bit like MVP. Oh, he did. He's doing the whole thing. Hey, look at Honest uh, Chuck is a tough dude. 
Camille yeah. is a very good, aggressive, hard-nosed fighter. And he had no answer for Novini. It didn't yeah. last that long, let's be honest. I mean, he went right after him. And the the, the right hand that he hit him with, yeah. Josh. I mean, Onestrick was coming forward. It landed as fucking flush as you can land a punch. Yeah. I mean, huge. But All right. We good with Bellator 297. Good yep. show overall. A lot of good fights. And then we had the PFL in Atlanta. I think they got one more coming up in Atlanta with the main event being Ante D'Elia against Maurice Green. Both big heavyweights. There was a lot of, uh, <clears throat> I guess, uh, confusion or whatever. I don't know. And John Jones in the corner of Maurice Green had a little thing with... Uh, Francis Ngannou, who was there dressed to the nines with his little hat thing on that he had and stuff looking mm -hmm. good. But uh, Ante D'Elia, I thought, you know, didn't start off real well. Maurice Green really was looking good at the start of that first three, three and a half minutes. And then Ante D'Elia started coming on and he took over that fight. Yeah. And it was it was odd for me to see Maurice Green like confused that he lost that fight. Dude, you lost that fight. I don't even know I'm what fight you were thinking you were winning, but you weren't winning. Yeah. <clears throat> you know um you know but it's weird because now ante delia is not in the playoffs as they call them i'm i don't i don't think maurice green ended up making the playoffs either so both of them are out i think that's that's the fight you have is your main event and both of those guys don't make your playoffs yeah it's crazy uh, you know, it was a little weird because I was listening to the corners of John Jones and them talking about all Maurice had to do is just circle, stay away in the third round because he was winning the fight. And and I talked about this in the Bellator um, on the broadcast when you and I were calling the fights uh, together. And I was just saying like, oh, we want to apologize have, for you, that. You need to respect <laughs> like you need to respect coaches who tell their fighters the truth. Because um, Mike, Mike Hamill's coach. John Crouch had said, yep. you need to finish this guy. Like, you're not going to win. You need to finish this guy. You need to go after him. Yep. And he did. And Mike Hamill went out there and tried to do the best he could. I mean, he ended up winning a decision. But, I mean, I had it at a draw. But, like I said, in this in this scenario, man, I, I'm so surprised. Because what they did is you could tell. What they did was they showed the cutout of the fans on who they thought won and, like, somebody else who they thought won. Like, uh, whether it was Randy and Kenny and then – they showed oh, that yeah. up on the screen, and Maurice Green's face just was like, "What are you talking about? Like, how who, how how do they think that you won?" And then even Delia turned to him, and goes, "He's like, he's like, I won two rounds, man." He's like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "I won two rounds." He's like, "No, you won the first. No. And and yep. and Delia told him, "You won the first." He's like, "And I won yeah. the next two, and, and sure enough." And, and honestly, Delia was coming back in that first, yeah, and was winning the last mm -hmm. section of that first yeah. round, and just continued it on into the second and third how how can you think that you won the fight when you got hit with some shots and you literally turned your back and started running away dude there was that one time he ran away the best is he runs and when he turns he realizes holy shit he's right there yeah, <laughs> yeah. i was like man uh, anyways all right yeah. next fight that's not the way to get the judges on your side that's usually saying i'm not doing well in this yeah so uh, Larissa Pacheco took taken on Amber Lybrock. We we talked about this fight before. You know, this is one I'm going to say. I told you. Like, yeah. Just she, she 
just railroaded her, trucked her. Amber was never in that fight. Yeah, 45 seconds. You know, the first exchange, the fight was basically over at that point. Yeah. And Larissa Pacheco's good. She, she got power. She's a tough fighter, man. She, come, she comes after you. And it looked to me like as the fight started, I, I thought Amber looked like she was kind of relaxed. It looks like, mm -hmm. all right. But as soon as it started, she looked tense. Yeah. She did not look like she had a flow to her. She looked like she was worried about things and it just didn't go her way. Yeah, I think Larissa also knew I got to just stay inside her kicking range. If I can stay inside the yep. kicking range and make it a boxing match, I'm going to win this fight pretty easily. And Larissa can also yep. wrestle. So if the boxing she got can. a little, <clears throat> if the boxing was, wasn't working and maybe there was knees and stuff coming up, you know, let me just get the takedown and just control the top position. Uh, so I think she, she fought a very smart fight. And also, too, to jump on someone who, is, who wants to be a kicker or who is a kicker, to jump on them that fast and get inside that boxing range, make them feel uncomfortable, take away their biggest weapon. Uh, that's exactly what she did. And, and it showed right away Amber had no answer for it. Just taking shots. Back to the fence, yep. taking shots. But this big guy, man, whoever this big guy is, Hendon Ferrer. Hendon Ferrer, man. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. He, he went after. He, he can be good. Shuffle. He's going to be good. He's got those good performances, or he's got guys yeah. that give him problems and stuff. And this is like before, but you know, when we talked about, it, I said this is the guy that the PFL look at. They want this guy to win because he looks good, mm -hmm. and when he fights like that, he looks really good. You know, and, and he can fight. It's not that he's not good, but it's just that there's a certain style that is out there that gives him problems and stuff. But he looked great against Sheffield. Got got rid of him fast. Yeah, you know, big power. Six foot eight, no fat on him. He's he's exactly what you want to see as a as yeah. your heavyweight. Yeah, looked really good. Good stuff. Next fight. Ah, uh, we had the. I guess it. All right. Are we saying that this was an amateur fight? It, it, yes. They they made it out to be it was because they were using amateur gloves, okay. the big puffy gloves. So yeah. Okay, so Biagio Ali Walsh, the grandson of Muhammad Ali, taking on Travell Miller. Travell Miller. Just didn't have a chance in this. Ali Walsh too fast, too powerful. Hit him hard. As soon as he got hit, he uh, did not uh, handle that power well. Started to really, you know, turn his eyes away. Nice job by Ali Walsh. But again, let's we got to be honest. He's a good athlete, and he's learning how to fight. You got I got to be, you know, you know, cognizant of the fact. Hey, he's young. Give give him time. But there comes a point, they're putting him on the main card. Yeah. You're going to have to start putting him against even a, a real amateur opponent that has the ability to beat him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I get it. I, I just don't, I understand the name value and the talking and the marketing of it all, that those type of things. But um, you're, you're putting him on the main card. And so when you, when that happens, when that starts happening, John, like, like what are, what are we doing, kind of thing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I got, I was yeah. telling you off air. I said I really enjoyed watching him fight. That's the first time I'd ever no. seen him fight. He's got he's got some power. He's aggressive. Well, he's got power. I, I like his style, the way he fought. Yeah. You know, um, very good. Every time I've seen him fight, he does exactly what he did. He he comes after his opponent. He tries to put real pressure on him. He throws big shots, heavy shots. You know, he doesn't back off at all. And, you know, that's how he lost his one his one amateur fight that he lost because he stepped into something. 
Yeah. But he's good, and he's a talented kid. He's a good athlete. What else you got here? Congratulations for him. Aspen Ladd, just beautiful uh, win against Carolina Sobek. Got this, you know, uh, the arm bar, set it up well. Look, looked like she's going to go for the arm, then decided no, then decides yes, and did a nice job when she decided to actually go for it the way she took the arm, you know, controlled the hands, broke them apart. Very nice job by Aspen Ladd. And that's, look at that's why they, that's why they signed her. They mm-hmm. want her to fight the way she did in that fight. Yeah. And she got rocked in the beginning. Yeah, she did. Right off the she bat. Got rocked the, she got rocked in the beginning of that right fight. Right off so, the bat. Yeah, it was one of those whoops. But she came back well. Uh, I thought, man, I'll tell you what. Dennis Kosoff, we talked about Jorgen DeCastro being the guy you have to be careful of early in the fight. Wrong. Yeah, right. It was Dennis Kosoff. He uh, just, they went out there. They threw a boom. Done. 18 seconds, John. So, 18 yeah, seconds. Yeah. yeah, I know. Takes heavyweights about 17 to just get across the cage <laughs> to meet each other. So that tells you how, how that went. But that was a great great win by Goldsoff. Oh, one of your favorites, Marina Mocantina, oh. taking it out on Evelyn Martins. Uh, look, Martins did, did what she could do. She just wasn't as good yeah. you know, in the grappling and stuff. So... That was a win for Martino. I think that that puts Marina in that position. I think she has, uh, she's in the finals or the end of the playoffs. Excuse Got me. Got it. So, good place for her. She's good. She's good. She can sometimes like drag the fight out with the clinching and all the other stuff, but she's good. She's definitely marketable. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> definitely marketable. That's a uh, good. What do you, what do you mean by that markability? I, ah, I, you I'm know, not quite sure. You know, like when I was talking about um, the left right combinations, right? Yeah, yeah, left right left right combinations. <laughs> yes, you know, yeah, definitely put it on a, a banner or two flyer. Got it. Um, any other fights on here you want to talk about? Nah, Julia Bud had a nice run, but she should have gotten rid of Jinderova. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's a much better fighter, but. Did, did the normal Julia Bud, but congratulations. I love her. She's a sweetheart of a person. She got the win. That's nice. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Well, that's going right. to wrap up our PFL talk, and that's uh, all three cards. <laughs> so let's whoa, go ahead whoa. and get into a little bit of news and uh, go to OnlyFans.com slash weighing in. Subscribe to us over there. It is free, and uh, we take fan questions free. from there. So put your fan questions down there on the OnlyFans.com slash weighing in. All right. <clears throat> Also, yeah, don't forget so to subscribe to us here on our YouTube channel. Don't forget to subscribe to us here. You know, so check that out and go to WayneInMerch.com yeah, as well. Josh. But let's talk about some uh, let's talk about some fight announcements that were dropped here. What do you got for yeah. us there, Dave? Yeah, first one dropped uh, right before right before Bellator was uh, Max Holloway. No surprise the there. Zombie. No surprise. Yep, uh, which is taking place in Singapore. Mm-hmm. That's good. I mean, not a good fight for Korean Zombie. Boom. Not a good fight for him. Especially at this point of his career. Yeah. I mean, I just, yeah. he's been in so many battles, man. He hasn't fought he since has. he lost to, uh, when he, who, he lost to who last? Brian Ortega? Or was it not Brian Ortega? It was, uh, no, Volkanovski. Volkanovski, right? Did yeah. he fight? I thought he fought someone after the Volk fight. No? Did he? No, no he didn't. No. Nope. Man. Yeah. And that's uh, over a year ago at this point. Jeez. Yep. Uh, I mean, he, he took, took a, a lot of damage. He took in a that. beating in that fight. It was it wasn't even close. He took a beating. 
Um, not a good fight for him, man. I mean, they're doing him dirty. I think are in this situation. But then again, there's not a lot of easy fights in that weight class. Nope. So if you want to stay in that top six, seven, whatever position he's in right now, what does he rank? He's seven. Yeah. Yep. Damn. Do you see five rounds on this, or do you see it no. ending? Early? Holloway puts no, it away. I, I don't. I don't see Zombie making it through to the the fifth round of that fight. No, he's just not at this point. Like I love him, and he's had mm-hmm. some amazing fights, historic fights. You go back. Oh, his fights with Leonard Garcia. Yeah. Come on, holy shit! That was when you, dude. Who is this guy? He yeah. was just unbelievable. Um. But he's he's in that position, you know. He's he's slowing down. Yeah. The that little bit of speed loss is making a big difference in his ability to land the shots that he used to land, do the things that he used to do. And if there's one thing that we've seen out of Max, there he's not he hasn't slowed down. His hands are still fast. He's got great footwork. He's not easy to take down. That would be the one place that I could give the Korean Zombie a chance of uh, winning this, because on the feet we know Max can take shots. Like you said, they're not doing they're not no. doing zombie any favors. No, Max is too fast for him, and Korean zombie's too hittable. Yep. So it's just going to be. I think it's going to be target practice. I think he gets him out of there probably by the middle of the third or the early fourth. Yep. Middle yep. third to early fourth, he gets him out of there somewhere in there. Next. All right, let's look at this next one headlining um, oh. in Nashville. Bruce <laughs> Anhagen and. Um, Marty nervous. This is the, but this is the fight that I said they should make. They made it. That's outstanding. <clears throat> Corey Sanhagen at number four, being a man and jumping and into that cage and saying, "I don't, you know what? Bring me, bring me the guy that's at number eleven." Because look, at, no one really wants to go down when you're in Sanhagen's position. Sanhagen now has won his last what two? Mm-hmm. I want to say the last two he had, he lost. Uh, he lost to uh, Peter Yan in the in that uh, interim battle. Yeah, but yep, he's won his last two. Marlon Vera and Yudong Song, two very good fighters, and a lot of people didn't think that he lost the TJ Dillashaw, which was a split decision. So, you know, you got to give it up for him, you know, yeah. taking on someone like uh, Umar Umar Nurmagomedov is talented. So is Corey. They they do things differently. Mm-hmm. They have different strengths, uh, but they also match up pretty well in a lot of areas. And you look and you go, on the feet, they both have different talents. Both are outstanding. Uh, the wrestling, I got to go with Umar. He's become very proficient with the wrestling mm-hmm. and stuff. But he, Sandhagen has proven he's not easy to take down. And uh, this is a great matchup. I love it. His wrestling, when he first walked into the gym at 19, 20 years old, you know, um, his wrestling wasn't, yeah, his wrestling wasn't, wasn't great. You know, it was more of like his, him and his brother both were more like Taekwondo style um, strikers and that type of thing. So, but this young man, ever since I've known him, you know, coach, coach, show me this. I'm like, I'm not your coach, man. (laughs) You just, they call all the old people coach. The coach, well, they're coach, right. You know, he so. knows what you should be doing. Yeah, not coach. fighting as coach. <laughs> coach, show me this. Coach, show me this. You know, and so um, he's 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 always been a sponge. How do you do this? How do you do that? You know, um, and he just wants to know knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. And he pull me aside. You know, during practice, pull me aside after practice. 
And even sometimes before we're even fully geared up, we get there at the gym. He's like, ah, remind me, I want to, I want you to show me something I thought last night. I need you to. And so he just, he, he's knowledgeable. This though, John, Sanhagen to me is probably the toughest matchup for him. Yeah. When I look at the rest of the fighters in this, in this weight class for him that's, to fight, that's a, he's the that's, toughest yeah. fight for him. It's, it's right up there. Yeah. I admit that. I agree with you. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I, I think outside of I think outside of like Henry uh, and no, I think just Henry, Henry and the champ <laughs> are probably the two, you know, that I think would give him the give him the hardest time. I think Peter Yan would also give him a very difficult time, but um, <clears throat> but I look at all the other fighters that are on there, and look, it's a fight; anything can happen. But Corey uh, Corey Sanhagen's the toughest fight for him because on the feet he's a sniper. You know, he makes you miss just by a little bit. So if if um, Umar leaves himself out of position, he will pay for it. And uh, let's not let's not sleep on Corey Sanhagen's grappling game. Now I know how good Umar is on the ground. He's he's gotten a lot better in, in defending submissions. He's gotten a lot better in his ground control and avoiding being put you know with his head on the outside, getting guillotined, all those things. He is leaps and bounds since I've last trained with him. Leaps and bounds better because I see the guys that he's working with in the gym. And he just lets it kind of, he's almost like a John Fitch. He'll sometimes let you blow your arms up hanging out like in these guillotines because he knows I'm good. I'm good. You know, um, but guys like Corey Sanhagen are phenomenal all the way around. They got good grappling. They got a kind of like a really good guard game or a hook sweep game. Good with the uh, armbar triangle game because of the long limbs. He's he's going to be easier to take down. You know, I think Mars definitely going to dominate the wrestling. He's just got to make sure he doesn't leave his neck in the wrong spot. And on the feet, he throws a lot of spinning kicks. Or he throws a lot of side kicks. He throws a, a lot of, he, he kind of lunges in off the side kick into the straight left. Those are the things you can't afford to leave yourself out of position because if you leave yourself out of position, you're going to get countered and you're going to get countered quickly. And yeah. we, and Frank Yeager found out, a lot of other fighters have found out, you can't dip your head against him. He catches on to your rhythm of you, which, which way you go. He sees the way you dip when you throw certain punches. And he's just going to throw the knee blindly because he's so tall. And so he gets the knee, the knee gets up there quickly. And if you dip into it, it's going to be over. It's going to be lights out. So yeah, he does not I, this mind is a tough it. fight. He'll elevate at any time. Yeah. And makes him dangerous. This is a tough fight for him. And Umar's grappling has gotten a lot better in terms of submissions and, and obviously his wrestling and control, all those things. But I don't want people to start overlooking it and going, man, like his Corey's, Corey's grappling is phenomenal. It's a tough fight. Look at you! You're already getting nervous. I am. I am getting nervous, John. I was nervous as soon as I heard that this was the guy that they wanted him to fight. I was like, "Gosh, it couldn't have been like, yeah. it couldn't have been like a Rob Font or nothing against Rob, but you know, mainly stand up. Uh, you know, I was, I was hoping he, I was hoping he'd get the Sean O'Malley fight. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but uh, slim pickings. Hey, yeah. good fight though. I'm excited. Big step up in competition for him. Good for him. What Next. else, Dave? All right. All right, let's wrap up in this last main event that was announced for UFC Paris. We have Gan versus Spivak. Hmm? Yeah, this is a clash of styles, really, because you know obviously everyone's looking at Gan. Look, Gan's a talented fighter. He didn't show it against John Jones. Mm -hmm. uh, that just—it's not an easy thing to show. But Spivak is like a giant walrus that just. You know, you think that oh, he's slow. He's not. He's strong. He's powerful. He's gonna match walrus. up well. <laughs> he's a walrus. He got a body like a wall. You know, a walrus just kind of goes. Rawr, rawr. 
it was Sp- uh, Spivak looks that way, but he doesn't fight that way. Got and it. Spivak has actually got speed, and he's got good takedowns. And when he gets in the top position, he's good. And if he puts Gon on his back, Gon's going to have problems. Now, Gon is a good athlete, and he's very good with his in and out. And I think Spivak on the feet is going to have problems with Gon. But if Spivak's able to get that takedown, and look, he, he's got nice trips. He's got good takedown ability. He's got good judo throws. He's got some talent when it comes to the grappling uh, realm of this game. And his stand-up's not terrible. So it's an interesting matchup. I is wouldn't count a, Spivak out. This is the Acor Arena, right? Where Bellator just sold yes. out their arena, same arena? Okay. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yep. yeah Bellator sold that arena out as well. So we just and they just sold out the wind trust this last week. So numbers are getting better, you know. We'll figure out what's going on with Showtime. But um but hey, there's one there was something else I wanted to I know. There was something else I wanted to you brought something else up there, Dave. I'm not gonna end on the Spivak and uh gone talk. Come on, go to something else. Um, I was saving it for the midweek, so but do you but do what you is that? What are you saving? There's up, no saving. Up. We don't pull save. Yeah. We go. Yeah. Okay. Let's go, um, Dave. Corey oh, Sanhagen I and <laughs> Jamal Hill going at it on Twitter. Um, Jamal Hill said on YouTube um, that um, you basically was talking about the, the state of the light heavyweight division or the state of the light heavyweights. Um, he says, there's a lot of things I keep hearing that sounds absolutely ridiculous to me. In this video, we have a former UFC fighter, Corey Anderson, who now fights in Bellator. <clears throat> Speaking of how he thinks Vadim Nemkov, the current champion in Bellator, and himself matches up with top fighters in the UFC. To me, some some of the things he said were interesting and kind of funny. I don't know who started this. People started echoing this at some point. I think at first it was supposed to be some sort of disrespect to me. Bellator champions being better than UFC champions and things like that, which is completely insane. Because here's the thing. We've seen guys from the UFC go and be successful in Bellator, but we have yet to see that with a Bellator fighter. Now, I'm not taking shots at anybody. I'm just simply uh, stating the real. Michael Chandler is a phenomenal fighter. He's a great dude. I love Chandler. Whenever he fights, I'll be watching. He is must-see TV. Look at his last five fights in the UFC and his last five fights in Bellator. A prime example is Ryan Bader. He couldn't come close to a title in the UFC, and now look at him in Bellator. Corey comes out on Twitter and says, Oh boy, sweet booty Jamal. Or, oh sweet booty Jamal Hill. <laughs> booty, uh, booty. Feelings. <laughs> yeah, booty. Oh sweet booty. Um. Talk about MMA math. Didn't you get your arm snapped by Paul Craig? So that'd make him the best. I toasted the 44-year-old guy you beat to win the belt in two weeks. Notice when he was ranked number three. Other than that, who have you beat? And then Jamal Hill replied, you bro, you nobody. You got slept by OSP and you see what I did to him. You can't cut it at the top and you're struggling in the B League. I lost one fight in my life due to injury. You took naps. We're not the same. My resume will always read champion and at the end of the day, I will beat your ass, period. <laughs> this is going to get fun. This is going to get fun. Oh, that's great. I mean... Yeah, the, the real problem is I'd love to see those guys fight because it would be a great fight. But you're not going to see it. No, you're not. <clears throat> no, I just think it's funny. I think it's fun because... He he goes on and says, or he says that none of the guys came from Bellator. Well, Eddie Alvarez was the champ, and he came from Bellator. He went to the UFC and became the champ. He doesn't even know who Eddie Alvarez is. Yeah. Let's just be honest. <laughs> okay? True. Yeah, the, the heavier guys don't pay attention to the little guys. And he brought up no, Michael Chandler because Michael Chandler's uh, relevant right now on the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. You know, um, 
<clears throat> no, I get it. I mean, basically what he was saying is that Michael Chandler's never gonna be champ there. And so it's like Michael okay. Chandler went to went to the UFC at the age of what, thirty five? Yeah, thirty five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I get it. I, I look I understand that's not, the, the, that's not the start of your prime. Well, it just what I what I wanna I guess for me I wanna get rid of the whole the fighters that didn't they didn't couldn't cut it in the UFC. Like if you look at the guys that left, Phil Davis left when he was still ranked in the top five. Gegard Musasi left when he was ranked number three, I think. Three or four. Okay, he left and he came over. Corey Anderson, he was ranked number four across everyone's ranking system. You know, not even just the UFC is or it was everyone else's. He was ranked number three or four in the in you know in the world at the time. They all came over when they were highly ranked. They just didn't like the UFC, and that's why they left. There's no, there's no secret to this stuff. And the other thing, too, is that we you know what made them leave, not even so much just not liking the UFC and how they did business with them, was that they got paid a lot more money. And if you, <laughs> look, that's, that was the bottom line. How many times do we have to tell people? You have to. I tell fighters all the time. Why are you a fighter? What are you doing here? Yeah. Your prize What fighter. are you looking for? The prize Your is prize money. prize fighter, bud. Yeah, you're a prize fighter, and the prize is money. No, and 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 look, I'm not. I, I don't mean to say this in any disrespectful way or anything. Josh, you got a beautiful belt sitting back there. Mm-hmm. How often do you look at it? Never. Every time okay. I'm on the show, it's the only time I'm ever okay. in. This, I never. Okay. So, and it's like it's like no, it's great to win it, but it doesn't pay the bills. Nope. Money. Mm-mm. That's why you're. That's why you're a fighter. I'm not saying fight for the title. It's great. But the reason you fight for the title because it leads you to more money. Yeah. No, I understand what you're saying. I, I and I think everyone should understand that too. Is that there? There just comes a time when certain guys, um, the reality needs to set in. You guys need to go and f- go where the money is, yep. because we say it all the time. You know, like and that's I've given Eddie Alvarez the credit that he deserves in that in that aspect of it all. I mean. I don't want to tell you guys the numbers, but when he was over there in in one, he was making a holy but Jesus, holy he's doing great cow man, he was making a killing. And if you guys, it, it's somewhat is like public record, and what you guys can you guys can see what Chandler was making in his last fights because they they report it and what the fighters make. He was making more than that, and they even offered. Um, they just they just chose not to match. They just said, okay, look, you know, we're not interested in matching what the UFC wanted to offer for you to go. You know, they gave him a good offer and they said, nah, we're good. You know, and what ultimately ended up happening when they didn't sign Chandler is they ended up signing Usman and paying him a, a good amount of money. <clears throat> they ended up signing um, Tofik Mosayev, who was the rising champion over in Japan. They ended up signing <clears throat> Alexander Shabley. Yeah. I mean, and these guys are fucking So killers. they got three for one. Three for one, but not just that, but they got three for one, but you got younger guys. They're, you know, Usman's what, 20, and that, 26? That's not, that's not taking anything away. Nothing. Was a, Phenomenal Chandler's fighter. is awesome for whatever promotion he's at. Mm-hmm. He does a great job of uh, uh, the promotion of the fight. He does a great job of talking about how, you know, backing his promotion and everything they're doing. Look, he's exactly what a promotion wants. Yeah. I don't care what promotion it is. No, no, I agree. Like, like I've never, and I know, and I'm pretty open and clear about him and I don't like each other. I don't like him. <clears throat> and I know he doesn't like me. So, but at the end of the day, though, I'm never going to say anything negative about him as a fighter. He's a fucking fantastic fighter. 
No, he, he comes to fight. He comes to fight. If, if I if I'm at home, I'm like, dude, he's fighting tonight. Like, I want to watch it. I'm watching. He's, yeah. You know, he he's he's a fantastic fighter. He's got the dumbest fight IQ in the world, but he's still <laughs> he, he's still yeah, a, he's still a great fighter though. He's the you dog. know, if he I mean, if you think about it, right, John? How many how many more fights he probably would win had he just had a little bit higher fight IQ? Yeah. I mean, like you know, there's but he fucking fights his ass off. You can't knock that about him. He's a good fighter. Anyways, um, but this this whole thing, I mean, I know we went on thinking this is not Continue a, this is not a, on with it. I think it's great. I love it. Yeah, this is just this is not like a, a Bellator ramp or anything like that. It's just it really comes down to fighters have left well, the UFC. Dave, Dave do money. me a favor. And and this is Dave, I want you to pull up pull, you like sure dog. Pull up sure dog. What do you and want go to, there? What's that? What do you want from there? I want to pull up their rankings. Oh. Share dogs rankings? Share dogs yeah. rankings. That's what, we, what you always pull up, right? I don't pull up the rankings. I didn't use. Do uh, you no, use, use Share Dog no, all the time for your no, stuff? No, he uses uh, UFC rankings and Bellator rankings. No, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking. Go to Sure Dog, pull up their rankings because you're always. Did you just pull up the fights mm-hmm. off of Sure Dog that we're looking at? Yes. Yes. So, who does Sure Dog has Francis Ngano as heavyweight? I want light heavyweight. All right. Light heavyweight. Yeah, I'm gonna. I need to scroll down to get to. Jeez, man. Maybe if you, maybe if you told me that, my off God, the bat, you would think. Would what, what, what do you think? It's at the bottom. It's at a different one. No, yeah, I had to scroll down to get to a different weight. Tell yourself down. What? You're in 2022. Like, you Jesus, this is, this is all. It's August all of 2022. Year. No, it's not all. It's there. All you're right, not going right, to the right, right. thing. You're, you're back in on... 2022. You're a freaking year ago. Jesus I Christ! On their, uh, you guys, are I clicked on uh, John. Dog Light Heavyweight. I just looked at Ningano and it said UFC. It's like no. Wait, it says last update no, August twenty one, uh, August first, twenty twenty two. Yeah, last update. No, that's why. Go to never mind. You blew right, let's it. See. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> let's see. Just no, no. There you go. Jesus. January third. Unbelievable. Oh, there you go. June fifth. June fifth. June fifth. John. John, you're asking June me this something that I've never done before. Do you think June 5th of 2023 is after August of 2022? Yeah, you guys are so See, when you start, go to Shore Dog. Go God, to Shore Dog. Unbelievable. Like, well, That's you where you like to go. I'm, go I'm letting you go to your little thing that you like. I don't. Okay, so, hold on. Where where's where's Jamal Hill on that? He's number three. Yeah. Corey Anderson, they have at number six. Okay. And number one, who do they have? Vadim Nemkov. Oh. So it's not only, you know, Corey saying that Vadim's the best one. There's other people. Yeah, people will tell you he's right Sherdog's up there. Not credible. People will What's tell that? you Sherdog's not credible. People will have <laughs> okay. people will tell you. I'm yeah. just going off of what you. I know you go yeah. to. So there you go. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think know. like if if Jamal Hill fought Vadim Nemkov, would it be a good fight? It'd be a fun fight. Yeah. It'd be a great fight. I'd, I'd enjoy the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. Can yeah, I say be, that Jamal Hill will beat him? No. Can I say that Nemkov will beat Jamal Hill? No. It's a good fight. I mean, all bias aside, I'm, I would lean towards Vadim only because I know he can wrestle. And he's got good oh, submissions. Oh, he can definitely out-wrestle. He can definitely out-wrestle yeah. Jamal Hill. Yeah. So, you know, but, yeah. I just, uh, it's a it's a good, but I want to see when, what happens when Yuri comes back. You know, Glover's yeah. probably, Glover's not shouldn't even be in there anymore. He's out. 
Uh, Jan it would be would be bumped up to five, and then or four, and then Corey would be at number five. Well, and, and look, and you can look at that because Yuri Prochaska has a win over Nemkov. That yeah. was Nemkov had what I want to say two or three pro fights at the time. Same, you know, Yuri didn't have a bunch. I did that fight, hmm. and it was a ten round, you know, ten minute first round where hmm. look at Nemkov was doing very well in the fight against Yuri. He was definitely winning the round, but he exhausted himself because he didn't know how to fight. He didn't understand when to take, you know, I got got to take a breath here. And he won the round, but couldn't fit it, couldn't come out for the second one because he couldn't get off the mat. He was exhausted. So, you know, Yuri's got the win against him. No doubt about it. Got it. But those guys now, that would be a fantastic fight again. Yeah, look up the look up the bantamweight. That's interesting to me because can you see the bantamweight one? I'm I'm gonna <laughs> tape it and just say so I, I, no. I'm not rushing you, man. I'm not rushing you, buddy. I'm not rushing you. <laughs> just want to get a current. Put a one. little pressure on Dave. He just starts to like. <laughs> just want to get a just want to get a current one. All right, mm, let's look at. Jeez, they don't make it easy to find us. You know, I agree they don't. As I'm looking through, why don't you go to the damn? Go to the see if website. I if I click on jump to there you go bantamweight. There then, you go. But, but then this, boom, that's this right. Is, Hold uh, on, where's okay, that? That's March. That's March. May twenty. That's March twenty. Okay. Huh. You can't really go with March. It's a little late, but interesting. We can we can make do on it. They don't have Henry in there. That's see, but they got TJ Dillashaw in there who's retired, so it's like. Yeah. Well. All right. Well, hey, I, we got a little got a little carried away there at the end. Uh, go, go to WayneInMerch.com. Pick up some of our uh, apparel there. We got the old logo. We got the new logos. Got some designs up there that are kind of fun. Jumping into the summer, we got to get some new designs up there. Hey, somebody re was requesting for the hot nougat shirt again. <laughs> hot nougat. It's what the hell classic. is that? It's like the the uppercut punch on the Street Fighter shirt. video game. Ah, uh, okay. But I, I always call it hot nougat, and people are like, no, it's Hadouken or whatever, Hadouken. whatever it is. I don't know. <laughs> it's pretty funny. It. All right, guys. want to thank you guys all. Sorry, man. I'm a little low energy Josh Thompson today, like low energy Jeb Bush. Okay, but I'm <laughs> low energy Josh Thompson. A little sick, a little under. The aches aren't as bad today as they were this all night last night. But I want to thank you guys so much for following us. Subscribe to us. Suck it up, Buttercup. Yes, yes. We were supposed to film this morning, and they text. They said, hey, what time? I was like, no, I'm not doing this right no. now. <laughs> Told them, suck it up, Buttercup. Let's go. Um, but hey, once again, happy Father's Day to every single father out there that is yes. being part of their children, their child's life. And uh, to all the grandparents, all the grandfathers as well. Happy Grandfather's Day. Same thing. I get it. Oh, yeah. And uh, John, take us away, bud. I think you just did. See you later, everyone. Bye.